Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, June 8th, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I am your host, Sean O'Reilly, and to my left is one of the coolest guys that I know you at reached, Full HQ. You for that. I saw you struggling for something to Mr. say. Mr. Taylor Market. Well, no, in my defense, so I looked over and I said what immediately came to my mind. Ah, well. Huh? It started off huh? as a blank stare. Well, no. <laughs> Well, I mean, it really was like, my God, I can't believe he's wearing that shirt. And he's like, again, again. Uh. <laughs> um, we're kidding, folks. We love each other. Um, so on today's show, we're talking railroads. Yeah, not um, something we've traditionally talked about. No, but we should because they're like awesome. They are awesome um, for investors. But first, I got to know, did you have any model train sets as a child, Taylor? I did. Yeah. Really? One. My my grandpa got me one when I was like five years they old. They do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool because when you were five, it was pretty lengthy and you put a VHS in the VCR and it was like pretended to be what the train, the scene <laughs> where the train was going through. <laughs> so you had the TV. I did not know they like, sold companion VHS tapes oh, for yeah. these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that lasted for about a year or two. And, uh, and then I turned eight. And there you go. Uh, do you think we could find this VHS train duo on eBay or something? Probably, yeah. I might do that. I mean, eBay <laughs> would be the place to get that. I was looking so. on eBay the other day. Did you ever play around with a Commodore 64? No. Uh-uh. My dad had one of those from the 80s, and it's like a 64-bit computer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this thing is rough. But it was fun. It was, it was nostalgic. Isn't that an, uh, con- uh, Yeah. But that was like yeah. Nintendo 64. That was a 64-bit video game. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It was probably less. It might have been like eight or sixteen bit because this is like a computer from the eighties. Yeah. 80s. Well, they this was typically like, double. So yeah. Eight, yeah. 16, I'm actually going to say 64. Commodores maybe eight or sixteen anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Remind me. There's a Commodore sixty four. I don't know why, but the logo is on a mug here at the mm. office, and I was like, oh, I should. a lot of video game going on here it, at the Full HQ. Lots. Um, so, so were they lying? Is sixty four like? No. Was it was it uh, foreshadowing maybe. of the industry? Gosh, the I don't know, man. Anyways. We'll we'll look this up on Wikipedia. Yeah, later. maybe All your right. maybe your but, Commodore sixty four or my train set will be delivered via rail. Yeah, if you buy it on eBay. Perfect. Um, actually, the odds are decent because it's so cost effective, as we'll soon find out. Mm. Um, so really quick, just because a primer, um, history of rails, um, kind of a long one. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: uh, ancient Greece actually had man-hauled railways, basically just carts on tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's ancient Greece over 2,000 years ago. Um, but it really took off with the invention of the steam engine during the Industrial Revolution. So they put a steam engine on one of these carts on rails, and mm-hmm. that's a railroad. Um, we all know that railroad companies were the favorite playthings of the robber barons in the late 1800s, um, the foremost of which was Cornelius Vanderbilt and his New York Central Railroad. Um, industries mature, time goes on. Atlas shrug. Atlas shrug. People become prime movers, some don't, all kinds of fun stuff. Good uh, Ayn Rand reference. Good for you. Um, But uh, so just because of maturity and industry consolidation, there's only a handful of railroads in North America, right? Uh, A handful of meaningful ones that investors should probably care about, yeah. Um, So I counted, I don't know if you have any to add here, but Canadian National Railway. That's that's my favorite. Um, Give away the bias. kitty there. Give away the kitty there. Bias. <laughs> with an O, favorite. Okay. <laughs> oh, with a U, sorry. Yeah. O-U, sorry. O-U. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, 
Man. Uh, Union Pacific. Yeah. CSX. Mm-hmm. Burlington Northern Santa Fe, which is owned by everyone's favorite billionaire investor, Warren Buffett. He bought them in, was that right after the recession? Or I don't during? remember the timing. Like, it bought it in multiple tranches. Let's call it eight years yeah. ago. Um, Kansas City Southern, Norfolk Southern, and Geneseen, Wyoming is the smallest that I found. It was market cap of $4 billion, Yeah, I don't know too take. much about them, actually. Uh, they the not, not to be a slight against them. I just no, haven't I mean, looked into it. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, now... Taylor, these have been great stocks done over the last number of decades. Well, yeah, if you're trying to beat the market, you should have loaded up on some railway stocks in the last five Dro- or ten years. Drop some knowledge for us. All right, so ten years. This doesn't include dividends, by the way. Ooh. So imagine the returns you'd be swimming in if you had reinvested dividends or even just accepted the dividends and put them in your bank account. Um, over the last ten years, S&P 500 up 57%. Cumulatively. Cumulatively. Okay. The best performing railroad out of the six I have here would be Union Pacific at 262%. So That'll do. Roughly 5x. And this is the oldest, most boring industry ever. Supposedly, (laughs) yes. Um, And then second, uh, you have uh, Canadian National at 183%. So a little bit more than 3%, or 3x the market. Um, and then a handful in the, or three of them in the 112% to 124% range. That's Norfolk Southern, uh, Union Pacific, or sorry, uh, Canadian Pacific, and Kansas. So why? Uh, why? They're so damn important. Important? Yes. They're vital to the economies of North America and the world in general. But actually, on that note, as we're North American investors. So, um, I'm actually like, thanks for the pivot yeah. there. Um, so when I was doing my research, um, I of course just meandered on over to the Berkshire Hathaway annual report because I was mm-hmm. curious what was going on with Burlington Northern Santa Fe, and yeah. I knew that um, Buffett would have some homespun but incredibly insightful, brilliant thoughts. As on. he's wont to do, yeah, it, 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 it happens occasionally. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll get to this a little bit in a minute, but um, last couple of years have not been great for Burlington Northern in terms of have they not? profits. No, oh. um, we'll get we'll, we'll get into why. <coughs> Oil. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, Warren Buffett was one of the, the first to, or his company was one of the first to get into the accrued by rail. Right, and it worked for a while. It did until November 2014. It might come back. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Warren Buffett's Burlington Northern Santa Fe mm-hmm. um, operates about 32,500 route track miles in 28 states and in three Canadian provinces. Okay, then. So you want to talk about vital. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is... Uh, like, the entire Western United States. Yeah, like, basically this is... the entire U.S. and Canada, apparently. Um, yeah, I would, I would assume they pop up to Vancouver or yeah. whatever. Anyway, um, do everything, consumer products, coal, industrial products, agricultural, I mean, it's... Commodities, chemicals, com- yeah. petro, uh, automotive, uh, transportation, the list goes on. Right. So, what was interesting to me was... Um, Buffett in in his report, this is the 2016 year report, mm-hmm. notes that um, Burlington Northern Santa Fe, and this is a quote, like other Class One railroads, uses only a single gallon of diesel fuel to move a ton of freight almost 500 miles. Okay, then. those economics make railroads. Are you ready? Four times as fuel efficient as trucks. How do you hate that? That I didn't know that. That yeah. is like. Good and, God! As long as they're running properly, you don't have to deal with traffic, 
weather delays very rarely. I mean, these conductors aren't parking on the side of the highway and sleeping in the back of their their engine. Right. Um, I mean, you can't. You need trucks for that last little bit of the trip to get yeah, to the grocery you, you store get or like whatever. The, the driveway but style, yeah. Four times. I mean, that is like. It's no joke. Wow. Um, so you've got they're huge. They're vital. I mean, like I we'd actually be very much in trouble if, without these railroads. Mm-hmm. Um, and incredibly cost effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like whoa. Yeah, I, I knew they were cost effective, but yeah, four X the the trucking industry. Um, and there's potential to be even more efficient if they have automated right rail cars and things so. Like that. Um, Results over the last three years, um, and I can't wait to get, you know, to the other railroads. But um, 2016 revenues for Burlington Northern 19.8 billion. 2015 tw- just under 22 billion. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a drop there, and um, that was down from 2014 23.23 billion. So over three years, it's lost about four billion in revenue. That's I don't know, 15 percent, 16. I think you said um, profits. They've actually kind of stayed the same. They've gotten more efficient. Plus. Um, <laughs> Diesel fuel prices have dropped a little Diesel bit, so that's nice. Diesel fuel prices down a bit. Um, the profits in 2014 were $3.87 billion, and uh, 2016, $3.569 billion. This is all fine. I mean, it's still throwing off tons of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's depreciation charges in there. I think last year there was um, $2.1 billion in depreciation and amortization charges, which in a capital-intensive industry like railroads is actually a like it's real. Mm-hmm. Like they spend billions upgrading track and fixing. Well, yeah, they have to. And, and as as a result, well, I think it's partially because a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes they share track, mm-hmm. um, which is necessary. And uh, I'm sure the government has some mandates in there in, oh, or, yeah, in order what, uh... to to upkeep. Because I know that they you think they have regu- like Amtrak, right? Um, that or I know they have regulations on rail car specifics. Um, oh, in yeah, order yeah, yeah. For, for safety measures, uh, that was a big deal with cru- uh, crude by rail mm-hmm. when we had a couple. Oh, and that's train the class one stuff that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they have, uh, and you saw uh, the stock, I can't remember the name of the company, but it was a company that makes r- rail cars, and their stock shot through the roof when all of a sudden the U.S. was like, oh, we're going to implement some new regulations on crude by rail oil Got tankers. It. And then. I think that kind of fluttered out, and the stock price returned to earth. But um, there's different ways to invest in the rail industry rather than just the operators, for right. sure. Um, so, how have the other guys been doing? Because Burlington Northern, it, it rode the oil wave for a while there. I mean, it was crushing it with mm-hmm. its results from, uh, I mean, basically the recession up until 20, I don't know, it's called, when OPEC did their thing on Thanksgiving in 2014. Yeah. Well, so and and coal has heard a few of these. That was the other thing particular. he cited. It was oil and coal, uh, yeah. and he's just like it, the volumes are dropping. CSX has been been significantly hurt by coal comparatively uh, because they have the eastern operations. They're they're the the east of the Mississippi Railroad, and these are the older cities in America. Coal generating power plants, and, and they're trying to shut them down. And the coal mining areas of Appalachia. Right. Um, uh, for CN Rail, 2016 revenues did step back a little bit, but revenues first quarter 2017 up 8% versus last year. So some growth there, but you know, from the top line down, or just below the top line, all the way down to net income, results were up uh, basically year over year. There's a couple, you know, small misses from 2010 until 2016. Um, same thing for the likes of CP Canadian Pacific. Um, all dividend payers, and they keep them relatively safe. They're all 
right around that one and a half to two percent range. The highest one I've seen is Union Pacific, uh, two point one eight percent, and the lowest uh, Kansas Southern at one point three eight. So these aren't crazy high, but they're respectable. Yeah, and they're but the thing about it is, is they're growing. So the right. yields might not be growing, but the payments are growing, and historically. Those are the companies you want to own as a, as an investor because, yeah, if they hold the payment consistent, that's great. You're still making money as a dividend. But if they're growing that dividend consistently, that's what you want. And if you look at, um, let's see, if you look at CN Rail, dividend in 2010 per share, $0.54. Cents. Last year, $1.50. It's so almost 3x increase yeah. in, in dividend per share. CSX raised their dividend last year by 11%. And... Canadian Pacific, 2010 dividend per share, $1.06. Uh, last year, $1.85. So, growing payments, For sure. growing stock yeah. prices. Um, this is what you want, but if you want to look at some diversity, um, just to show you, uh, CSX, 67% of their transportation is for merchandise, 17% for coal, and 16% for intermodal, which is basically containers that you can take yeah. off a uh, ship Put directly on a truck or rail. Take off the, any three of those and just put it right back on the other one. Yeah. Um, for comparison, CN Rail, they have let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories. The highest of which is intermodal at twenty three percent. So that's coal safe. is only four percent for CN Rail. Oh, that's a winner right there. Um, and then they have grain and fertilizer at nineteen. So is that why you like them? That and um, so they have they span the entire the entirety of North America. So they have a east-west rail line from basically Vancouver to the east coast of Canada, okay. and then they run south from the middle of the country down through Chicago, and then they have they connect in two ports in Mobile, Alabama, and New Orleans. Oh, so it's like a T. Yes, basically, is what I'm picturing. yeah, and yeah. which makes it very easy comparatively to operate. Whereas if you look at CSX's map. It's like a bunch of veins. Yeah, it's it gets crazy. Nuts. And yeah. so I, I read analysts have compared it to like a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> uh, but CSX is in a good position now because they have the Grandmaster of Railroads as their CEO, uh, Hunter Harrison, who. He actually said that word. What's up? Grandmaster no, of Railroads. No, I said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, because of what he's done, his history of you know dominating and leading railroads to greater operating efficiency, greater revenues, wise acquisitions, wise divestitures. And they're crazy diversified, you said? Like Who's it that? Was, uh, CSX, um, across product types. No, just those that, well, in, inside merchandising, who that's a, that could be a broad category, oh, okay, but yeah. 67% merchandise, 17% coal, and 16% intermodal. There um, we go. But Hunter Harrison used to be the CEO of CN Rail, changed the game. Everybody wanted to be CN Rail in terms of operating efficiency. He left CN Rail, went to Canadian Pacific, did something very similar at Canadian Pacific, made them quite competitive, and then in January of this year, jump ship from CP to CSX. So he's he's in there trying to try, trying to streamline operations. They've made some employment cutbacks. They've retired and and put some cars and engines into storage and they're looking at certain real estate uh, sell-offs in some cities where they have multiple smaller hubs trying to condense those into into one or two giant giant hubs in yeah. these main cities so that they're not they're not dealing with so so many complicated logistical nightmares right. awesome so uh which of these guys do you like the best you you 
you right off the gate you were like I like Canadian National like yeah. valuation like what's um, why when, should I as an investor be interested when you look at Canadian National Rail um, it's the most efficient in terms of expenses as a percentage of revenues which is one of the key metrics you look at as a railway um, it's in the low fifty percent yeah and second you have CP Canadian Pacific which is the only one only other one under sixty percent so. Less than sixty percent of revenues are expenses, mm-hmm. um, and then you have uh, Norfolk Southern and CSX near seventy percent. Oh wow! So there's a lot of room for CSX and Hunter Harrison to mm-hmm. trying to bring that level down. He says by 2018 we could be looking at the low sixties. Oh wow! With the long term goal of getting down to the fifty five range that CN Rail is in, so I think there's a lot of room for improvement with CSX, but it really depends on if they can diversify a little bit more. Heavily relying on coal comparatively, so you definitely want to keep an eye on that there. Um, it, it's hard to choose, but in Stock Advisor Canada, we we hitched our wagon to uh, or hitched our rail car to CN um, in 2014, I believe, and we're up about six x on the market with that choice. That is, yeah. But if you look at the charts, it's really it's really hard to go wrong if your goal is to beat the market. If you want the best rail, that's a tougher decision. But, I mean, over the last five, ten, uh, let's see, about one year. Um, yeah, it's yeah probably- over the last five, ten, or one year, five of the six that I talked about have beaten the market. Or in the in the ten year, all six have beaten the market. It just seems, yeah, like, the rationale Buffett gave when he bought Burlington Northern from Water, I remember, was... They're going to expand as long as the economy expands over the long term, and that's it. Yeah, you know. Um, and if they bring in automated uh, railways, which in my mind that would be one of the safer areas to mm-hmm. institute automated driving, because right. Well, they're talking about doing that with trucking on too. A, but you're not on a rail. Yeah, there's a lot more decision making right. going. But into, a rail, I mean, you could. I mean, it'd be like a roller coaster. I, yeah, it could Rail, be like roller a roller coaster, coaster yeah. or I mean, even the DC Metro is largely automated. They have someone sitting in the cab, right. to make some, you know, split second—not split second, but you know, decisions that might need to be changed as you're going. But there's a reason that they speed. spend a set amount of time at every stop. And yeah, it's all automated. yeah. For the most part, it's automated, um, and so I think you could do the same thing in a in a much safer fashion than you could with. With uh, and let me possibly less regulation than you could with trucking or, or cars for sure, and certainly planes. Um, so I think that there's some advantages there. Granted, if you're if you're a customer of these railways and you see that they're no longer using fuel, you're going to want some cheaper cost right, to, to use their service. But at the same time, um, less risk, uh, potentially fatter margins. So. Long term, yeah. Even if the economy doesn't continue to grow, uh, but according to Donald Trump, we're going to be growing at three percent for the next decade if his uh, budget plan is enacted. Um, yeah, I just took a quick peek at uh, the uh, five analysts that follow Canadian National Railway full time that SP Capital IQ mm-hmm. pulled, and um, they got them earning five ten a share this year, and it's expected to grow to seven thirty one by twenty twenty one. Five D- years. Did from you now. happen to check who their largest shareholder might be? Why no, I didn't. Who could that be? Fun fact, Bill Gates. 
No way. Yeah, so just recently, that guy. up until just recently, um, the, an individual shareholder could have only owned up to 15% of a Canadian rail, mm-hmm. um, them or CP. He's going to buy the Pacific. whole thing, isn't he? But they raised that <laughs> limit to 25%. So um, through his through his uh, asset management firm, Cascade Investments, they own 13.3%. Through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they own 2.3%. So right there and at that right 15%. And he's right up there, Seattle, Vancouver. Yep. He knows what's up. And he's also, uh, I think, fairly good friends with Warren Buffett. A little bit. Also, top three sure. richest men in the world. Yeah. So they're buddies. They're trying Bezos, to protect yeah. and grow their wealth for the long term. For sure. Yeah. And they both are in arguably, not arguably, but the biggest railways of either Canada or the United States. You know, Gates has a huge chunk of uh, waste management too. Garbage. Oh yeah. Literally garbage. Like, it, it's funny that he made all his money in Microsoft and, yeah. that, and he's buying like these. That's kind of like that's kind of the longevity trade. If people mm-hmm. continue to live yeah. longer, not as many people are dying. There's gonna be more waste. For sure. Generated, so for sure. As we uh, keep prolonging our individual deaths, dark. Well, no, that's not dark. That's optimistic. Yay! Honestly, if you if you took out like opioid deaths from North America, which is on a pretty unsettling, dramatic rise. Yeah. We would still be dying later, but those because you're dying in like your twenties and teens and early thirties, generally from overdosing on opioids. Yeah. It's dragging. It's dragging the the life expectancy down a little bit. So if I avoid that, years. interesting. Okay. Yeah, if you avoid <laughs> you avoid overdosing on opioids. I have so far. I'll try to might, keep going. <laughs> might help enhance the longevity of uh, humanity. Epic. Um, the average, anyways. Well, thanks for uh, helping uh, investors grow their portfolios with these rail yeah, suggestions. Yeah, I mean, I'm not out here saying that CN Rail is the one to buy. It's 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 interesting. My personal favorite at the moment. I know David Gardner recommended it, and Stock Advisor. Many moons ago, and it was one of our first. I don't know if it was in the it was in the first seven to eight SAC recs. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for your thoughts, man. Cheers. Yeah. Have a good one. In- indeed. And that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for the Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. Or feel free to tweet at us at uh, TMF Energy. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Muckerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!